Welcome to episode number three of Ugly Duckling and the Bright Orange Future. I'm Corey Flipston, your co-host, along with my real-life Gen X brother, Maddie G. What's up, my brother? Doing all right. And I'm also Gen X. Uh, I'm just like the tail end, and you're like closer to the uh, to the yeah. end of the whole generation. If you go, right? like, I, I'm basically almost the beginning of it, right? Like, or is Pretty it like close. 68? Is it born in 68, 69? Honestly, lately, lately I feel like they've been extending it up to like 64, 65, but like that doesn't make sense uh, to me. The I inflation, feel like it's, uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean. Because otherwise, what's before Gen X? Boomers. Just boomers? Yeah, Just boomers. so Gen yeah. X is bigger than, than yeah, because boomers, you're definitely, yeah. if you were born in 65, you're not a boomer, yeah. I don't think. But it's it's funny at Weird this enough. moment in time with uh, you know the system falling apart and the the boomers and the millennials fighting it out all the time. It's like, mm. but what about us? What about Gen X? You know. Well, yeah. What about us? What about the Gen X? I, I tell you, uh, I was going down the rabbit hole when I was uh, I was watching uh, U two at the. Uh, the Live Aid in 1985, mm -hmm. you know, the Bob Yeldoff concert. Yeah. Such a big deal. And, you know, uh, all day live music streaming around the world. It was incredible. You yeah. Know? And I tell you what, what Gen X did have going was some amazing music throughout, you know. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a great, a great, uh, era to grow up the last sort of mass culture generation with you know everybody kind of listening to the same things at least in the western world you know it's kind of interesting you know what i stumbled upon was madonna in the <laughs> midst of all of these rock bands yeah. doing live aid i mean madonna yeah. live aid yeah. 85 this is right yeah. at the cusp of her just taking over the world right i mean she's there yeah but she's still you know and she comes out and she does holiday you know yeah. and she is dynamite she wow. absolutely destroys it it is such a killer performance and it's i mean she's doing all of this dancing and she's singing it you can tell it's live it's no there's no fakery going on and she's killing it i mean it is wow. it's really good it's really worth watching madonna <laughs> brings the heat that was not really what i expected out of the conversation there i love it yeah, yeah. It was it really surprised me how good she was. I mean, it's actually kind of stunning. Yeah. But you know, it's it's as they say, one does not simply stumble upon Madonna. <laughs> no, one does not. One is, Okay. So, yeah. new tradition, we decided that uh Thursday shows or Thursday tapings, we'll probably put this out generally Friday mornings or late Thursday night, but uh we're bringing uh drinks. Are we bringing drinks? For our Thursday afternoon show. You mean I, hope, I hope you brought. Oh, oh, oh. I hope you brought a beer. I was going to say, but uh, right, cheers. Yes, I've got my uh, my Centauri time. Centauri. Uh, in uh, in honor of one of our favorite movies from back in the day, Lost in Translation, with Bill Murray. What a good time! We get Centauri yes. time. It's very one of my favorites. But yeah, it's actually fantastic whiskey. And uh, I got it because I wanted it for uh, for Bitcoin podcasts because Satoshi Nakamoto being a Japanese name, even though probably not a Japanese dude, mm. uh, just felt like fun to have some Japanese whiskey. I hear you. I Cheers. Hear you. Cheers. Mm. That is good. That looked mm. better on YouTube probably than it sounds on a podcast, but that was a really good sip. 
Uh, I forgot that I was on video there for a second and I did such a clumsy pour. I mean, it looks like I don't even, yeah. Listen, at I was least going left-handed, that's why. It's like I'm right at least you could lift your hand, though. Yeah. You know, so there's that. Yeah. Um, so listen, so we're, we're kind of dialing in on, on our show being about like Gen X music and Bitcoin. Those are always going to be kind of the standbys. So let's just do this show. We, we covered some Gen X stuff. I want to talk some music stuff. And I had a question for you, uh, which I think in the future, when we start having guests in a week or two, we're probably always going to ask this question of everyone. And okay. basically what it is, is I want you to think about a musical artist or a band that has meant a lot to you in your life that had staying power. So the artist had staying power, but also like your relationship or your love for, for their music or for them as an artist had staying power. And, and who is that? And, and what did they mean to you or what did they mean? Mm. to Well, so I want to, I want people to go deep and just think about how music connects to their lives and, and just kind of have like a heartfelt convo about music, which is, you know, the, one of the universal languages. Mm. Mm -hmm. I feel like love, I know what the book of love has you. music in it. There it is. Some of it is transcendental. That's true. Yeah. Some of it is really bad. <laughs> and sometimes good music happens to bad uh, people, which was a Howard Stern line about uh, a Backstreet Boys song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, like, have we, we haven't answered that question really. We, 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 looked we haven't. But, you know, I have, I have some examples of that that pop into my head. Um, you would have more than yeah, most yeah. because music has been your life basically for so well, long. Wilco and Pavement okay. are two bands and Pavement probably first. Yeah. So like Pavement, I got a, uh, uh, a cassette tape from my friend Chris that had slanted and enchanted on it on nice. both sides. On both sides of the cassette tape. Album, 19, first uh, album? Well, when I got it, this is the thing. I was a okay. little late to the party. The real hip kids were already uh, onto pavement for a good year, year and a half before I got a piece and before Chris hipped me into it. And uh, Chris is like this uh, Minnesota kid, went to film school and uh, just deep into the music, has been full of uh, the best uh, music suggestions throughout our friendship. But, but he, this, it, one of the great moves, he slipped me this, this tape, this cassette tape. And uh, I was driving a uh, 1976 Dodge Dart Swinger at the time, uh, a lovely car, one one that was handed down to me, actually. Um, and uh, I'm driving around in this thing and I, I start listening to Slanted and Enchanted on repeat every day for the entire summer, for an entire summer. And it, it, I think the reason it kind of blew me away was the sound, first of all, was, was different and more accessible to my sensibilities than anything that I was listening to at the time. And it was, it was lo-fi. If you don't, I, I mean, a lot of people will know who Pavement is, but when, and they, they had kind of a, they, they had a long career um, and had m many different sounds as they went through, but uh, you got to start with Slanted and Enchanted. 
That's that's the key. Is you start with slanted and enchanted, then you become hooked, and then you'll go through the entire catalog. But uh, oh my God, slanted and enchanted. Uh, Steve Malkmus is the lead singer. He has a very droll uh, delivery style and a witticism uh, of lyrics that are uh, that are great. Uh, Spiral Stairs was the uh, the league. So it's uh, yeah, they didn't put their names in the first album. I remember that Steve Malkmus <laughs> was SM, right? And uh, Cannonberg, who's the other guitar player, was uh, Spiral Stairs. And then they had uh, Bob Nastanovich, who is like this extra guy that just yells he, occasionally, right? Oh, they had they had. <laughs> oh, I fell in love with Toys that too. I'm like, are you kidding me? They have a guy in the band who just is a hype man who's just like, you know, singing along on the choruses and playing an extra drum and like you said, playing the kazoo and shit. It was uh, awesome. Um, and they really influenced what I tried to sound like as a songwriter too for a long time. I definitely took their style and felt liberated because it just felt like it was open and free and not constrained by perfection, you know, and jangly and gorgeous. I loved it. Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, I'm just going to play a few okay. bars of uh, Trigger Cut, the second track. Oh, see if it... You know, it's okay, because we can link to it. You gotta do your uh, research. You know, they can, they can Google pavement. And, and I'm glad you mentioned DYOR, because that's basically what we say every damn day in the Bitcoin space, do your own research. You know, all you gotta do is like hear a term or hear the name of a band or hear about a song, and then you can do your own research because yeah. we all have access to the yeah. internet. Um, that's right. Well, I, I, uh, I wanna thank you for passing pavement down to me. I think I may have gotten the same cassette tape you're talking about. It's I think you did, yeah. Um, and I also became obsessed, although yeah. not with all five albums. For some reason, mm -hmm. it was like the first, sec the second, and the fifth that hit for me. And then I got super into his work, his solo work with uh, yeah. with Stephen Malcolmus and the Jicks. And so that was probably yeah. Just oh, it's my, great. More my era, but um, Wowie Zowie it was amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. But so this is interesting, and this will kind of tie into. Um, you know, there was nothing disposable about that music and it was the kind of music that got better the longer you listen to it and the more you listen to it. And it wasn't all over pop radio or anything like that, but there's still people today. You're not the only one. I have a lot of friends, especially in the West mm. Coast or, or in New York City where Pavement's still their favorite band or like the first thing that'll come to mind if you say like, who's the best indie band of all time, things like that. Like Pavement's often in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious, like, what do you think, what were some of the ingredients? Like what made them special or what made Steven or that group of people put out music that stood the test of time? Good question. I mean, I think sometimes uh, 
there is a moment in time when a, when a just a, there's something in the air. And I think pavement was very, you know, had their influences um, and kind of took it and twisted it a little bit. But uh, uh, I think the reason it stands, uh, stands up is, is just the songs are good. Underneath all of it, you know, are really good songs with good lyrics and, you know, like he knew, I mean, there's, there's good song structure there. Steve, Steve Malkmus, you know, might've like made it look like he was a slacker and he just tossed these songs off, you know, but he's a craftsman and he's, yeah. he's, he's really, really good. Yeah. And that's why they stand up. Uh, uh, yeah. Love it. Well, yeah. Great. Well, it, it's time for uh, a word from our sponsor, which is uh, my company that I that I run called SwanBitcoin.com. And uh, you know, it, we like to talk about uh, things that last and things that matter because that's really what Bitcoin is all about. It's a, it's low time preference. It's sound money. It's uh, it's something that's going to be around for a long time that holds its value through you know it, it's structured to hold its value through the decades, unlike you know, fiat money, which is uh, designed to inflate away and to be worth less over time. So uh, that's just something, again, you know, do your own research, research a bit about Bitcoin. If you get to the point where you want to buy some Bitcoin, swanbitcoin.com is the best place to do that in the United States. Uh, we let you set up automatic recurring purchases where uh, every week or every paycheck or every month, uh, there's a pull from your bank account, automatically purchase the Bitcoin, and then uh, free automatic withdrawal to your self custody if you want, or we'll keep it for you for free. Uh, you know, as long as you need to keep it with us until you kind of learn more about Bitcoin. So that's what swanbitcoin.com is. And uh, we are by far uh, the lowest fees uh, in the US for that uh, undercut Coinbase by 60 to 80% and uh, anywhere from like 30 to 60% less than, uh, than Cash App um, to do automatic recurring purchases. So please check it out, get in touch with me if you have any questions and, uh, happy to have you be part of the Swan family. Um, Maddie G you and I are uh, going through the process of learning about Bitcoin. I've been doing it for three years, so I'm a little bit further ahead. And one of the fun things we get to do on this show is talk a little bit about Bitcoin and, uh, your homework always is to bring a Bitcoin question, uh, for me, which oh, man, I'm always going to try to answer, but I've got to tell you, like, yes, I've been doing it for three years, but you are, if you don't stump me today, there will be a time when you stump me and I will make you ask another question and come back with the answer on a future show after going and finding the answer from somebody who's much smarter mm. about Bitcoin than I am. That said, hit me. What you got? Um, what do I have? I have um, this question. This one simple question. Um, what happens when all 21 million Bitcoin are mined? It's a good because question. Because to me, and then my, you know, uh, or maybe I should just ask it like that. Like I have a, you know, a reason I'm asking that question. No, no, go ahead. Give me, give me the reason and I'll try to address. Because, because uh, my understanding is that for the transactions to be uh, being made, there has to be mining going on. Mm -hmm. So then I was, like, I was trying to think, well, in the mine, when everything's mined and then there's still transactions going on and then, you know what I mean? Yeah. I do. I do. Well, okay. you, you, you've definitely heard of transaction fees. 
right? You know that when you send yes. a Bitcoin transaction, yes. you pay a little bit of a fee. True. Uh, so basically over time, the fees that you pay for the transactions will uh, become more and more of a percentage of the block reward. So, you know, every 10 minutes when a new block is, uh, is mined, when the new, you know, solution to the hash problem is discovered and somebody wins the Bitcoins for that block, um, you know, you're, you're pointing out that in the year 2140, there will be no more Bitcoin because every four years, the amount of Bitcoin that is uh, doled out in a Coinbase transaction uh, is, is halved. So right now we're getting six and a quarter Bitcoins every 10 minutes-ish. Uh, it's about 900 Bitcoins a day. And, you know, in 2024, when it halves again, it'll be 450 Bitcoins a day. And then 2028, it'll be 225 Bitcoins a day. So it just keeps on getting fewer and fewer, right? And, you know, the concern is, uh, as we call FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, is what happens when, you know, the, uh, the block reward or the mining subsidy isn't enough to uh, incentivize the miners to secure the network and to essentially include these transactions in the block. And basically, the game theory of it is that uh, block space, so wanting to include your transaction in the, in the block, uh, gets more scarce over time because there's so many more people. Like right now, there's somewhere between, you know, seven and 70 million people that own a little bit of Bitcoin and send transactions. And over time, seven, it's and, how, seven and how many? Seven to 70, somewhere. Seven in to 70 million. It, oh, it's really it's hard big. to figure it out. Oh, yeah. Wow. So it's somewhere between like 0.1 and 1% of people on earth have some Bitcoin. There's not that many users of the blockchain right now. In the future, it'll be very, very Why? competitive. Uh, how how come we don't know how many exactly Bitcoin holders there are? Is that because one person can have lots of Bitcoin addresses and oh, Bitcoin course, is, you know, pseudonymous or, you know, close to anonymous, depending on how good you are with privacy technologies. Um, and then you, so you can have more than one address, but also, uh, you know, an exchange or a custodian could keep lots of people's Bitcoin in one address and just keep their own, you know, spreadsheet basically saying what people own. So there's two countervailing forces. You could you could have more or less people given the number of addresses. Gotcha. Yeah. So the number of addresses is is you know establishing kind of the high end of the estimate. You know, fifty to seventy million, and uh, you know, but there are a lot of people that have multiple addresses. So you know, people that get into the science of it think the number of people is quite a bit lower. Well, that makes it confusing. <laughs> well, let's unpeel it a little bit. No, yeah. it, it is. No. It's um, okay. So, but, but basically, no, you know, too. over time to answer the specific question, yeah, yeah. over time, uh, people will pay more to have their transaction included. And, you know, the early, even going back eight, nine, 10 years when people were writing about the future of Bitcoin, they kind of assumed that the Bitcoin blockchain would be for settlement, you know, between people that were aggregating transactions from a lot of different people. So, you know, you'll have financial institutions that may even be the same financial institutions we have today or new ones that kind of build up to serve specifically a, you know, a Bitcoin economy. And they'll have a lot of transactions going on on their internal ledger uh, where, you know, essentially like IOUs to each other. And then you'll settle up once a day or something like that. And we'll find out that, hey, you know, this Bitcoin bank in Germany owes some Bitcoin to a Bitcoin bank in New York. And then that's worth sending because, you know, a transaction might cost 50 bucks versus, you know, a few cents today. Uh, but it's a lot cheaper than, you know, wires or sending, uh, you know, gold by boat or something like that. 
So okay, it becomes so this kind of it's like not like a crazy rate. fee or something. It's just a, it's a it's an appropriate fee. At that yeah, point. because you can fit a lot of transactions right. in in a one megabyte block. Um, and you say, so yeah. yeah, and that doesn't happen till twenty one forty. Give or take, it'll it'll just like the line the lines will the lines will cross over time. So sometime in the next couple decades, you'll probably see uh, transaction fees being more than the block sub subsidy, depending on what happens with the Bitcoin. Oh, oh. gotcha. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, okay. Well. So that's how one that simple works. question, and then and then a whole a whole bunch of stuff unfolds. That's how that mm. will work. Yeah, that's, that's why that, they call it you know peeling the onion, going down F the rabbit hole. D. Yeah. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Don't don't listen to those fuddy duddies. Fuddy duddies. Yeah. <laughs> it's no way to live a life. Not at all. Yeah. Um. So, what you got coming up for the uh, weekend? Uh, weekend. Um, not too much. I, I've got. A uh, free weekend on my hands. It is possible that we'll try to get out of town and do a night of camping. Nice. We unsuccessfully camped Fourth uh, of July weekend uh, because it was a complete madhouse, and uh, I mean it was a complete mad woods. Got out to got out to the campground, and the camp host had completely lost control. People were just staking claims and not uh, recognizing uh, reservations. And it was just like, uh, oh, this is pretty Mad Max out here. I guess uh, I guess we're we're not going to get a place because we didn't have a reservation uh, for the second night. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that didn't work out. So we might try that again. Um, yeah, seems like a, a worthwhile like, endeavor if you can like get it done. Camp. We like to camp. We like to get out there. You know? Yeah. Nice. Margot just started, uh, just got a new scooter. So she's pretty stoked. And there's no better place to take a scooter than the campground. You know, that's like scooter yeah. paradise. So, absolutely. How about you? That'll be good. Um, I don't know, more of, the, more of the same. We're just trying to get better at getting out of the house and doing excursions, even if it's just going down to the lake. And we got a wagon, which is life-changing for a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And so they can actually sit opposite each other. Okay. And uh, it's, it's a really easy gliding wagon. So I can even like, you know, tow it up really nasty hills and it's not too much of an exertion. So uh, we're really enjoying that, trying to get out every afternoon and, and do a little wagon ride and, and using it for, uh, for bigger excursions on the weekends. But, you know, that's that's life for young parents is how can you entertain the youngins um it's very interesting yeah but uh you know the 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 big deal and actually you know i just realized one of our first guests has to be uh, another bitcoin podcast host named daniel prince and the reason i want to bring him on is uh he's been you know world schooling his kids for years mm. um essentially just kind of like traveling around the world and letting them do online education and finding local tutor tutors for different subjects, wherever they live and things like that. And, uh, my daughter, Isla's school just went virtual, um, mm -hmm. for, K, for K through 12 and, uh, has opened up enrollment to, uh, like Nevada and Arizona and the rest of California after being just, a you know, a Malibu Calabasas school for 13 years. Um, it's gonna be really interesting to see that and see, you know, kids dialing in for, for class with a bunch of five and six year olds from uh, from three different states. We'll see how that goes. So 
I think with your, your experience, having been a, a teacher and a program director at Clearwater mm -hmm. for eight years and, and what Daniel's doing and what I'm now about to experience, I might just selfishly ask you guys a bunch of questions. Yeah, <laughs> that, would, uh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Well, listen, let's, uh, let's wrap this one. We're trying to keep these around like 20, 30 minutes, something like that. Um, audience, you few, you proud, you new fans of Ugly Duckling and the Bright Orange Future or Swan Signal or whatever Seattle music scene, however you found this, uh, please do us a favor and uh, today, as you're listening to this right now, tell one friend about Ugly Duckling, send them a text with the link to youtube.com slash swan signal or uglyducklingpodcast.com and, and let them know. And uh, make sure to subscribe to this if you're listening to a podcast app or uh, if you're on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and uh, we'll let you know when the next one is up. Uh, we're trying to stick to this schedule. It doesn't seem too hard, it seems repeatable. Seems like we can do two a week, Monday and Thursday, drop them to the public on Tuesday and Friday. Doesn't seem too undoable. Um, I'm excited, man. I'm having a great time. It's what great a, hanging out with you on the regular. Yeah, what a motivational trick. I feel like, uh, you know, these guys that talk about habits like uh, James Clear and Tim Ferriss mm -hmm. and these guys, like what a habit to force yourself to record a podcast by uh, getting to talk to your brother. Yeah, I know. It's a brilliant move. I was like, that's no. the only way I'm gonna do it. I, I told it I told my team, I was like, the only way yeah. I'm gonna do this consistently is if like I'm talking to my brother. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. Uh, good so, job, team. There you go. Yeah. So you know it's 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 kind of a thing, by the way, uh in in Bitcoin podcasts to have some sort of animal call. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm not saying that you have to decide what your animal call is going to be for like an outro or for an exclamation of some sort, but you know, you might want to think about it for, for Monday's recording and have something mm. in mind. You know, the, the most famous one is Marty's owl. So it's Marty Bent who we'll have on eventually. Uh, and, and he'll tell us how to do a, a real owl call, but is that right? uh, yeah, you should probably. What? I just heard of, I yeah, don't know what I heard. Strange. That was, I don't know what yeah, that was. Just a, some sort of bird. Some sort of bird. Um, anyway, the Seahawks. So, um, that yeah, the Seahawks is a good one. So there it is, episode three: Ugly Duckling in the Bright Orange Future. Maddie G, thank you for joining. Absolutely, it's truly a pleasure. Do you have any beer left in your glass? I do. Okay, so we'll let's do bottoms up here as we finish. Um, Thumbs up. Cheers. All right. This party's over. See you Peace next out. time. All right. All right.